Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with a, a handful of people. We got the other co-host, Brendan McCullough. We have returning network friend, Kenny Rotter from the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. And we have a college buddy of mine who's been very creative and wrote his own book, Fermin Martinez. Uh, how's everyone doing? I'm doing pretty good. Glad to have you on the show. A lot of people. Yeah, it's unusual for us, but it's good to have this many people. How are you doing, Kenny? Uh, I'm pretty good, man. I'm excited to be back. Absolutely. So for our listeners, I guess the person they're the least familiar with is Fermin. So Fermin, uh, do you want to give a little intro on who you are and like what you've been up to? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my name's Fermin, and um, you and I go way back, uh, college, where I was a, um, a TV film student. But uh, I just got a book out, and... Um, I'm a traveler, I'm a photographer, I do some TV work, I do some film work. Um, I've been at uh, different stations and different studios, uh, mostly Weather Channel, NBC, CBS, uh, mostly uh, freelance, sometimes contracted. But um, now I'm uh, moving away from that. A couple years ago, I um, released my first book, Oni, and um, it was a limited run, and uh, that was a lot of fun, so... Uh, I just recently, uh, got to the second run and, and, uh, and, uh, I'm, I'm, it's, it's going really well. Yeah. So your book is very unique. I, I'm interested to have you kind of give us a little pitch on what it's about and everything. I read a copy. It's, uh, hand bound in like a Japanese method. Can you give our listeners, uh, what to expect if they were to pick up a copy of your book? All right. So Oni is, um, Oni is a, uh, story it takes place in a sengoku era japan and um when i wrote it it wasn't enough for me to just sort of tell a story and 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 you know share some fiction with everybody when when people read it i wanted them to feel um as if what they were reading was something real and something uh that they were a part of and so this book the book itself is um it's handbound. Each copy is a uh, is handmade. Uh, I work with a, a partner uh, currently. Her name is a uh, Olivia Barber, and um, she's fantastic, super talented. And what she does is she actually handbinds each page and the cover in this uh, in this uh, classic Japanese um, binding method. And the, uh, the cover itself is made in this, uh, this, uh, Japanese, uh, Chiyoko-y, uh, paper. And, um, the reason it's done that way so that when you're holding it and when you're reading it, that it feels like you're actually holding almost an artifact from within the story. Itself. Yes. I love the end result. It, it looks like a beautiful thing. And another really cool aspect of this book is that you include artwork in the middle and on uh, certain pages and stuff. Do you want to talk about the artists you work with? Yeah, so um when it comes so I actually work with it, it's 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 um a bit it's kind of a small team that I'm working with on this book. Like I, I mentioned Olivia who does the actual hand binding. Um I sort of designed uh the look and, and the cover with her and what we were going for and then and then she, you know, went off with it and, and created that vision. Um when you get to the inside pages, uh you'll see um each chapter has a piece of art attached to it. And that is actually, um, not somebody else. That's actually, uh, those are classic Japanese woodblock prints. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, those classic uh, woodblock prints are... Um, some of them go ba- as far back as like 15th century or or, or 16th century. Um, one of them is a, the, in the first chapter, Through the Bars of a Brothel by Suzuki Hadanobo, which I'm, I, I, I got to admit, I never learned Japanese. And so I wrote this book on, on Japanese culture and history without totally understanding uh, the language. So if I butcher these things, you'll, you'll have to forgive me. And so what I did was, when I brought their artwork uh, into the book, what I wanted was, again, to sort of remove that um, the uh, separation between reality and fiction for, for the uh, reader. So I brought in um, real Japanese art that fit the seam of the chapter, the story. And then what I did was um, I myself would, would add a, a Photoshop sort of blend or addition or change to the image uh, to have it applied to the story so that it wasn't it wasn't just you know a recreation of um of the original work it was sort of an Andy Warhol reimagining of the piece yeah oh man this story uh, it's a work of art listener we're gonna tell you during the plug section where you can find it and definitely I recommend some of you go pick it up I got some afro samurai vibes it's very much a revenge story with a really interesting twist at the end I thoroughly enjoyed it so I definitely recommend our listeners check that out um Let's hear from Kenny, though. We haven't heard from you in quite a while, and you're returning. Uh, your show is currently on a hiatus. Is there any plan for that to return, or is it still going to be going strong on the hiatus? Um, I am pretty much stuck in the hiatus right now. Uh, I've just got some other things in the work that I'm working on. So, unfortunately, Dumbos and Dragons as a podcast had to kind of take a back seat. Of course. Um, Yeah, I just got done running for office here in California. Um, Someone's got to save the world. It might as well be me. (laughs) Very cool. Uh, Yeah, and so right now my plans are to run again in 2020. Uh, And then uh, other than that, I've just been doing a lot of community work, and I have been actually finding a little bit of time to game, which is unusual because normally when I'm in this, on this podcast, I'm like, I haven't gamed at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone, <laughs> but no, that's exciting. Well, let, then let's, yeah, let's shift the conversation into uh, what we've been playing. This is a video game podcast. That's kind of the running joke. Um, but let's hear from Kenny. What have you been gaming? Then we'll go to Fermin, then Bren and me. Okay. So I just got a Nintendo switch a few months ago. Woo! So I know I'm very excited. So I've been catching up on, uh, Super Mario, not Mario, not Super Mario, uh, Mario Kart 8, and then Mario vs. Rabbids, which is just s- so much fun. Definitely. Uh, I will, I'll sit down to play for like an hour, and I'll look at the clock, and it'll be more than an hour. Uh, but then, what else, what else? Uh, I'm still, I'm still playing Pokemon Go, I'm one of the few people still on that. <laughs> <laughs> They've made a lot of really fun upgrades to it. So new Pokemon, right? New Pokemon, new challenges, uh, research challenges, which are like, hey, come back uh, and accomplish these tasks on the daily. So it's it's one of those things that just gets you to flip open the game, and then you forget how long you've been playing it. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've been playing. Oh, so. Not so much video games, but uh, me and some friends have been doing Pandemic Legacy. Oh, what's this now? Is that a uh, 
a D&D style game? No, it's so um if anyone's familiar with Pandemic, it's a board game where you essentially four virus outbreaks are released on the world and you have to work together with your uh oh, teammates yeah. to cure it. Legacy is Pandemic on steroids in the sense that <laughs> it's designed to get you to play with the same group of people they say once a month over the course of a year. Damn. So, yeah, you 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 play around with your friends, and the decisions you make and the things that you do affect your next session. So by the end of the 12 months, there's, like, stickers all over the board, and you've cured some, you've lost some, um, but everything you do in one session changes what you're going to be able to do in the next session. Uh, so that's been really fun. Um, we've, we have a, a group of friends here that we get together usually once a month and we play it. Uh, and that's then, super cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And then I've, uh, been getting into escape rooms. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's been a lot of fun. And then, um, <laughs> the escape room craze, they've actually turned some escape room experiences into board games. <laughs> They're also Ow. turning them into movies. I saw like a trailer. Well, apparently from a podcast I heard there was an escape room. That's the title of it. Movie that came out in 2017. And now there's another one just called escape room. That's coming out in 2018. And I think they're both sort of horror genre trying to like make it like saw where it's like escape if you can. But yeah. How's that a movie? That's just a horror movie. <laughs> Wait, well, is that, are those, they're both titled escape room. I'm fairly sure. But they're different movies. Yes, it's almost like... They're not related. Yep, it's like uh, Madden, when they just stop giving up on numbers. They're like, oh, we'll just call it Madden or Tomb Raider. The synopsis for Escape Room is two sentences. That's how bare bones this dumb movie is. (laughs) Well, and I mean, pretty much all the Escape Room scenarios lend themselves to a horror movie. Because when you're in this scenario, it's usually like you're in a... uh, life-threatening scenario, so you've got to escape the life-threatening scenario. So it makes sense that they would make movies out of these. Right. Uh, and they're popular, man. But so the the board games are... They, they're single-use, so you can only you play with them once, because then you've solved it. But you... They give you a bunch of envelopes, and you have to solve the preceding puzzle to open the next envelope. They're pretty fun. Um, it's a good way to kill an hour or two with some friends. Very cool. Yeah, I didn't even know that was available, so that's neat. Yeah. yeah. I remember playing uh, a v- variation of Risk in college where it was um, sort of like a future dystopian Risk, and you actually permanently affected the board game when you played. So the first time you play, you discover different continents, and you name them whatever you want. You write in permanent marker. Um, you get different cards, and some of the cards you'll rip in half, and that way you can't use it ever again. <laughs> Um, sometimes you'll open containers and like in the box that can't be resealed. So once it's done, it's done. And it was a neat idea, but at least for my half in the bag friends when we were playing drunk in college, uh, it didn't work out well because we just fucked up real bad, like real quick. And it just permanently, there's one that said like, do not open ever. And it's like, well, I got to open it now. <laughs> so you open it, and it's like, there's a virus outbreak across the world, and everyone's going to die in, like, 20 turns, and this is permanent, and you can't cure it. It's like, well, that's not fun. Like They warned and, you, Brent. 
But like, duh, it's just like you know, intense survival mode, like insanity mode, and it's like, well, now we can't play this game ever again because in this game's world, everyone's dead. So like, I don't know. It, like, it can be utilized very well, but it can also be like, this is just weird and like unbalanced. So it's it's a gamble. That's so, interesting. Bren, I got something that I think you'll have a great comment on. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of escape rooms and escape room board games and stuff like that, I was walking through Target and I found uh, MacGyver, the escape room game. <laughs> I love it. And That's pretty clever. I immediately picked it up. And last night, me and my girlfriend played through the first round. And the entire time, I'm like, I remember this episode. <laughs> you have to turn a bobby pin and a lead pipe and some uh, aspirin into a handgun. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Yeah. That just boils MacGyver down into a nutshell. Nice. Um, how about you, Fermin? I know you've actually been playing like the latest and greatest when it comes to games. I actually mentioned you on a previous episode when I was talking about Spider-Man, hoping to have you on to talk about that. But you're also playing Red Dead Redemption 2, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know, um, it's, hard, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard not to hop onto the hype train once they start rolling in. Uh, I did play a ton of Spider-Man. I loved it. Uh, Spider-Man was fantastic. And uh, yeah, the big game out right now... Uh, is Red Dead, and I am playing that, um, and and it's awesome, fantastic. Uh, everything that can be said about it is currently being said all over the place. But I don't know if you if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about something else, a different game. Of course, a game that I don't think enough people are are talking about now, but is near and dear to my heart. It's um, I and I've been playing a lot of it, especially when I was trying to cull the hype. For Red Dead, just waiting for like the clock to strike midnight. <laughs> Magic the Gathering Arena. Okay, and I was going to bring it up in the news section because I had just heard about this and I downloaded it, haven't played it yet, but I'm very much interested. I'm glad to hear it's got a good recommendation from you, but go ahead and tell us more about it. Well, well, you know, then I'll, I'll avoid on any of the news thing, but I just want to say... Uh, I grew up really loving magic, right? I thought magic was cool when I was young. I saw the cards with the cool artwork and, uh, you know, the completely complex, mysterious gaming mechanics I didn't understand, right? So I just collected them for the artwork. Yeah. And then, you know, I started learning the rules a little bit. But the thing about, you know, Pandemic sounds really cool. And I've already got it, like, up on my screen. And I'm planning, like, who I could possibly gather to play uh, that with. Because that sounds awesome. But... Growing up, there weren't a lot of people I knew that played Magic. And then having, like, decks and, like, buying them, totally unwieldy. And, and it, like, each game takes, like, 40 minutes to, like, set up because you got to put out all your cards and manually turn them, right? So now Magic the Gathering Arena is out. And if you don't know, it's, um, it's, 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 it's Magic just online. It's a beta, technically, right now. Yep. And, um... You know, I guess Wither of the Coast saw the success of Hearthstone, and they're like, you know, we already have the card game, let's just try to cash in on that. And so I'm playing it, and as somebody that's just always loved Magic, somebody who's always, you know, really wanted to play it, now I can I can just flip it on, and in five minutes I have someone to play with, and each game goes by so crazy fast. It's the same game, it's the full real game, same rules, not hampered or changed or anything, and a lot of the same cards, too. I mean, I think they're continuously adding like different like um decks and 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 um 
Oh boy, I, I'm I'm so out of the zeitgeist. I forget what they're called, but you know, each series of decks and updates for every year, right? Yeah, they're going to be constantly adding them. But um, it's the full game, and they go by so fast because since it's digital, you're like you don't have to physically set up all these cards on this huge table and count and point. It's just it it makes something that's been so like out of reach for me, so in reach, and I'm just so happy to finally be able to just play Magic at my leisure and always have someone to play with. It's a lot of fun, too. And then Magic, the game itself, is a blast for, for anyone who has played it already knows, and if they haven't, you ought to. Oh, absolutely. So my question to you, because I'm in the exact same boat, I always loved Magic for the art. I never actually got into the playing of the game, and this seems like the perfect kind of gateway for me to do that. Would you have any interest in purchasing the cards and starting a collection, or do you think the fact that you have this digital edition, you would just heavily rely on that? Well, here's the thing. I've purchased a lot of cards over the years. I've, 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 I don't know if it's the most expensive of my hobbies, but it's definitely a hobby where I've sunk an embarrassing amount of money into. I have cards just spilling out of drawers and little hidden boxes in my place and wherever I go, you know. Um, so I, I have bought the cards, but now that this game is out, I don't think I buy a deck for anything more, like, like a physical card. I don't know if I would do that personally for anything more than nostalgia or or some ridiculous, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't impulse buy. Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, personally, because for me, I, I, I already have the cards that I've already spent the money. I, I love them. And um, I'm not going to be playing a card like physical version of it anytime soon. I'm not seeing any friends that I'm going to be playing with it. But that's that's me. I'm certain, you know. The people who play Magic hardcore and go to tournaments, I don't, I can't see this replacing Magic for them. But for right. someone like you, someone like me, who's always wanted to really get into Magic, this is our chance. And and um, yeah, I don't see any reason to to go back. It's That's fantastic. exciting. It's and it's free to play, if I'm not mistaken. My it one is. question is: Do you have access to the whole variety of cards, or is there it some way you have to like get it, them? Yeah. Okay. It seems um it seems the way their free to play model works is um is a uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's uh, like you ha- you have access to everything and as you play you you unlock like you know a minor currency and you can buy maybe one maybe two packs of like after several hours of playing right okay uh and then the packs they they have this they, from what I understand now you know maybe maybe there's some fishiness going on in the background but it seems every time I open a booster pack. You get, um, I don't know how many it is, seven or eight cards. Uh, and from whatever deck you're buying from, you can choose like what series of magic cards you want to per- you want to get the deck, the pack from, which is really cool. And uh, sometimes you get rewarded these packs from, from winning matches or completing challenges. But uh, you have access to the whole thing. And then That's the way the, the microtransactions work are, um, I guess the way they, they just work with the regular physical comic book store cards. Like, you can just spend money and buy, uh, like, a whole pack of them if you want. Open it up and, and, and all that. It it does have that loot crate feel, like that Overwatch feel where you just spend money, and but you don't have any control over what you're actually buying. You're just relying ah, on chance. Yeah. Right? But, um, but... And that translates weird now into like, you know, what video games are like now. But Magic the Gathering was doing the loot boxing before loot boxes were a thing. They were so they've always been selling cards just randomly in packs and people sinking hundreds in. So while it feels at home, it does still feel like, you know, loot boxes. 
Okay. No, that's solid uh, review, and I'm still hyped to check it out, so that's really cool. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about game-wise maybe before we head over to Bren? Just that uh, Red Dead so far has lived up to the hype, and Spider-Man will never be removed from my like PlayStation. <laughs> I can't blame you. That and oh, th- well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Please. the first th- round of DLC is now available, or and yeah. also a Spoiler. new game plus. Do you plan on? Yep. Did you get back to that? I haven't. I myself. did. I okay. did. When new game plus dropped, I definitely came back. I I wanted to replay the campaign. I wanted more of a challenge, and I didn't want it to start from scratch. Yeah. So new game plus definitely brought me back. The DLC. Um, has not brought me back yet, but it does look very good. I'm, uh, what I, what I, I'm waiting for a costume, right? Because each DLC pack comes with three more Spider-Man costumes, and I'm a huge Spider-Man nerd. I'm just waiting for the costume to sell me. At that point, I'm going to buy the DLC. Okay. And, um, the DLC, each, there are three of them that are coming. They're all part of like a, like a single giant story, and you're, we're getting the three chapters, right? So what I might do is wait till they're, if, if a costume doesn't sell me by the end of it, just buy them all at once and play it like a second campaign rather than piecemealing it. Um, they look cool. They look great. Uh, Black Cat is super fun, uh, who's a star of this first DLC. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I- I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until something big hits me. But until then, I am gonna continue playing New Game Plus. Yeah, that's not that's not gonna slow down. Yeah, absolutely. That game is just so goddamn addictive. Um, mm-hmm. And one of these days, we're going to have to do a full-blown spoiler cast once more of our hosts have played it, and we can kind of talk about it in depth. But how about you, Bren? What have you been playing? Anything new these days? Been busy? Uh, yes, busy. Um, <laughs> so not too much. Uh, I've actually heard people not really complaining, but switching between Spider-Man, because it still came out pretty recently to Red Dead. Like, just the pacing of those two games is so different from fast-paced mm-hmm. swinging around a city to, you know slow old western like you know meandering around on a horse and it's just like i've heard some people say it's a bit jarring like the pacing is so dramatically different um as for me though i finished uh mark of the ninja remaster they pumped out a remastering of that and um if you already have the game it's only five bucks if you don't have the game i think it's additional 10 or so uh to get the remastered version um, I would say if you already got it, it's easily worth the five bucks, like just going back and playing because it's such a good game. Um, it's an amazing 2D stealth game. Uh, the remastering kind of just adds uh, better cinematics, better art in the backgrounds um, for the still images. And you get one. I found out it was one additional level playing as a new character, but it was like a very big level, but it is still just one level. So it wasn't as much more content with the remastering as I thought it'd be. Okay. Uh, but it's such a good game. I don't I don't regret buying it at all. I don't bu- regret buying the remastered. I'm playing through it all again. So, uh, if you're thinking about it, if you want the game and you're on the fence, the remaster's not, like, worth I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's not worth it, but it's not, like, required. It's not like, oh, man, you gotta play the remastered version. That's the only true version. Like, you can easily play the regular one. You won't be missing out too much. But if you want to relive it for a bit for an additional five bucks, it's definitely worth that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I dipped into Overwatch a bit for a little bit, but oh, I really, you're back. Not really. I dipped <laughs> in for a bit. Like I was like, yeah, let me try and get because the Halloween event's still going on. So I'm like, let me try and get those costumes one last time. I just, I still really don't like it. It's getting much worse. Like, Is it's, it getting worse? 
it's not even like 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 oh I'm rusty so I'm not doing well like I'll play like forty games and maybe win two of them like there's something about it that's just real fucking off and even some of my other friends that are playing like Mark the other coast of the show he's even said like something feels much different like they did some sort of update that's either subtle or in with the like how much damage people do or how much you know the hit boxes are or how big they are something feels different it feels like they changed something besides just you know, Torbjorn in the newest update. So it's just, it feels weird and gross and people are getting matched up with like gold level people who are level, I think gold is like 2,400 and people who are like level 300 something are being matched up with them. And it's just, it just feels really unbalanced now. And it just seems like it's getting worse and worse. So I, it's, I dipped in for maybe like two hours the other day and that was enough for a while. I'm, I'm really disappointed by it. It's really going down slowly. And it's it doesn't seem to be getting any better. And I hear recently there's been upheaval, I guess, or uh, issues with the Overwatch League. So I, I guess there's something going on with that. And I don't know. The, the fact that this game was never meant to be done professionally as an eSport, and now that seems to be all they're focusing on, it feels like it's throwing off the entire strategy of this game. And it feels like it's being woefully unbalanced because of it. And it's it sucks. It sucks dick. But... Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm definitely waning back off of it because it's it's not getting any better. Just yesterday, I was talking to my brother and telling him I haven't played since before. Was it Hammond, the new the hamster? Yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't yeah. played since before he dropped. Well, even he just throws everything off. So it's clear that with each character they release, the first ones they release are the ones that were closest to being finished, and the most recent ones were ones they needed time to work on. So, like, Anna makes sense, Doomfist makes sense, Moira makes sense, Orisa makes sense, like, or even Moira's kind of a weird one. But, like, they work in the, you know, strategy of the game and the mechanics. But Hammond just throws everything off, and there's no one like him, and it just still is really unbalanced for him. Because he's a wrecking ball who can grapple onto a point and just spin around, and when he gains momentum, he does damage and knocks people back. So, for most of the game modes in Overwatch, it's like capture the point or push the cart, which is a mobile point. So, you just have a Hammond on your team, he gets on the point, attaches to it, and just spins around, and no one can get close to it. And you are able to kill him when he's doing that, but it takes a lot of time, and by that point, the rest of his team can show up. So, he's able to just waste time like no other character, and it just still really throws everything off. And his ultimate is he throws out a bunch of landmines everywhere. And to get rid of them, you have to shoot them all individually, and they all have, like, a certain amount of health, so it takes a fair amount of time to get rid of all of them. And it just, it feels really bad. And he's just not a good character, and it just feels feels really out of place for this game. And it just, yeah, it just seems to keep getting worse and worse with each update now. So, for the people that jumped off a while ago, there was some cool stuff, but it seems to have gotten worse. So, I don't know. It's It's unfortunate. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling in the future, maybe if you go back, maybe they'll make some improvement updates, but I'm not yeah. quite sure. It seems like a downward slope. Yeah, Blizzard's not the greatest with that, especially this team, it seems like. But I mean, hey, I got like fucking 700 hours out of it. Yeah, I, true. I got my money's worth, that's for sure. So That makes but, sense. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Um, but yeah, besides that, I haven't been playing too much. I'm going to try and get back into... I just bought Yakuza 0 because it's on sale. Ooh. God knows when I'll get to it because that's like 100 plus hours of gameplay. But 
I got it, and it's in the backlog. Uh, but hopefully, I can finish uh, Battleship Brigade uh, sometime soon because I think I'm close to that. So very cool. We'll see. You mentioning uh, a Halloween event for Overwatch reminded me I've been playing Rocket League still consistently, and there is some kind of Halloween event going on there where you earn candy corn as a currency, and you can get all sorts of different uh, upgrades or not upgrades, but things to make your car look cooler, uh, different crates and such. I'm I don't know. I love that game. It's kind of weird how the game has evolved over. Like, there's been phases where like I'll log into a match. Some team gets a goal, like, within the first second, and then, like, both of my teammates are forfeiting the match, and it's like, what the hell? Like, so, like, it seemed like everyone was just quick to just give up. Now, nowadays, I log in, my team is, like, crushing the other team, and it's, like, seven to zero, and it's like, all right, you guys should probably just forfeit just to be nice about it. Like, you're clearly not coming back from that. And then just, there's this, uh, two people will end up trying to forfeit, the third person refuses. They end up both leaving the match. So now it's 3v1 because this one guy's just stubborn and like, fuck it, I'm not going to uh, forfeit. And it's like, dude, you're just getting crushed. And then they're like talking shit in uh, chat being like, oh, well, if you're in such a hurry, you should forfeit. I'm like, all right, well, now you're just pissing me off. So now I'm going to score as much as possible on you and prolong this match, make something that should have been done like 10 minutes ago, last a whole nother 10 minutes. And yeah, like crush them like 20 to zero. And it's like, you asked for this. I don't know. It's weird. People suck. (laughs) (laughs) If you can take Um, anything away from this podcast, it's that people suck. Yeah. Sorry to point that out. But uh, other games I've been playing, not too much myself either. I did try Friday the 13th again a little bit, just not a fan, so I don't know if I'll be revisiting that. Uh, grateful yeah. to try it for free, but not something I would have ever invested in anyway. Uh, there's a few phone games I've been playing. I, I'm still checking out that Hold.io that Basta brought up a while ago. I'm like gold ranked now. I think there's a bunch more above gold, like platinum and diamond or something like that. So I'm still continuing to enjoy that. And for people, if you're unfamiliar, it's like uh, Donut County where you're just like a hole in the ground, sucking everything into it and getting bigger. Uh, so yeah, like also similar to Katamori, we've said. Um, that's really fun. And then there's two Marvel games that are free that you can check out. I've only played one of the two so far, but one's called Contest of Champions. And you get the whole variety of Marvel characters. Well, you don't start out with them, but you have the ability to collect them. And it's a fighting game. It's actually, you hold your phone uh, horizontally and uh, tap on both sides of the screen. So it is like a two-handed requirement to play the game. Uh, You swipe and uh, tap in order to like dodge and attack. It's really surprisingly cool. Uh, the mechanics are fun, and it's just neat being able to see like some of your favorite Marvel characters in a fighting game. The animation's cool. I definitely recommend it for free. There is, It is just kind of inundated with uh, in-game purchases and a bunch of different currencies that I totally ignore. So far, I'm getting through the game without buying anything, but I have a feeling there is some kind of like threshold that you can't go past without like, oh, well, if you want to play all day, you have to buy some kind of energy or some kind of bullshit like that. But so far, I have Spider-Man and Wolverine, and I'm already glad that I have those two because they're some of my favorite characters. So I'm looking forward to trying out that game out more and trying to collect more Marvel characters. Some of the villains I've faced already are like the Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus. So that was cool, especially since I did recently play Spider-Man. So 
I do recommend that. And then the other one is just a Spider-Man game like Marvel. I think it's just called Ultimate Spider-Man. I I forget exactly, but that's one that I have yet to play and have installed. So I'll be checking that out and probably giving a review on a future episode. Is that on your phone? Yes, uh, both on your phone, completely free. In fact, let me double check the name of this one. Uh, Yeah, Spider-Man Unlimited is what I meant to say, not Ultimate. So both of those worth checking out. I was going to say, because uh, Ultimate Spider-Man's on PS2. Like, that's a, yeah, that's, that's what I was surprised Oh, uh, Okay, I didn't mean to cause confusion. <laughs> I was um, going to say, that's one of my favorite Spider-Man games. I still think that's the yeah. best. Granted, I haven't played the newest one, but... It was one of the best until the newest one. Oh, okay. One thing I want to mention that I probably should say for the news, but it's not game-related, but it sort of is, is... Uh, on previous episodes, or, or a while back, we talked about Castlevania, the anime on Netflix. Season 2 just came out, so if yep. anybody is looking forward to that, definitely get on it. I started last night. In fact, I just rewatched Season 1 because it is only four episodes long, about a half hour each. So it's like it's like watching a movie if you want to catch up on the first season. And yeah, it just reminded me how much I enjoyed the, the series. Um, it did leave off on a big cliffhanger. It felt like there wasn't enough time to like, or it just felt too short. And luckily, season two is double the amount of episodes. It went from four episodes to eight. So I'm really excited to dive into that. Fantastic. They've Excellent. done this with a few shows now, like Walking Dead was done this originally where they said we can make one episode, like well, one pilot episode, but it'll cost us a shitload of money. So instead of spending all that money for one episode, let's spend all that money for and then try and stretch it out to like six episodes for half a season. That way, you get a better feel of what the show will be. And more seems like more networks are willing to take that risk and give it to them. And that's what Castlevania was. It was more of like a test. Like that's why it was so short. And they're like, hey, that test worked out pretty well. Now you've you know earned yourself double the length. And as someone who's already watched all of it, I can say it's pretty good. It's damn, pretty you damn binged good. season two already? I mean, I, I may have watched it earlier. <laughs> oh, um, very cool. <laughs> I may have my ways. Um, but yes, it's it's pretty good. It doesn't end, you know, without spoilers. It's not like a immediate cliffhanger like the first season was where it's like, well, what happens now? It kind of it kind of gives you a solid ending. So, But I I would be very surprised if they don't try and maybe not... If they don't do a Castlevania season three, if they don't take the same team and try and do another series with it, because it it is just done very well and everyone involved should be very proud. It's very good. Absolutely. So that's one I recommend. But that'll do it for the game discussion. Let's maybe play a quick game of game or no game. R- real quick, Doug. Uh, yeah. I have some breaking news. Oh, oh what's up? Uh, <laughs> have you heard of this promotion that GameStop is currently running? I have not. If you turn in your Nintendo Switch, you get... Oh, I heard about that. You get $200 in credit towards another Nintendo Switch. What? Huh. So, like, they they tried to contact GameStop, and they were like, why are you doing this? And they're like, because some people might want to upgrade their Switch to one of the limited edition skinned Switches. And there was an employee who gave a quote, who was like, yeah, uh, this guy came in and traded in two of his kids' Switches for the uh, the limited edition Fortnite ones. And apparently the employee was trying to talk the guy out of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the the customer was just like, no, it's worth $100 each for them to have these skins. Jeez. Wow. And I, this, uh... this goes back to Doug's comment about how people are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> people are bad. Because yep. imagine what good that $100 could have gone to. But I instead. Mean, you just spend it on what you want, I guess. Oh. I mean, if you have it, you know, yeah. if you if you have t- if you have enough money to be raising two kids and buying them video games, maybe that extra hundred dollars is, is worth the piece of them not constantly being in your face all the goddamn time. Yeah, this is why I am solidly team no babies. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, I could maybe understand it if there was some kind of like Switch Pro that came out recently, or like an improvement to the Switch. Like some people were saying with. The first switches that came out, there was some kind of uh, Joy-Con issue with your left Joy-Con, like kind of degrading over time. So maybe if it's something that's going to improve on the hardware, you could maybe justify it. But it sounds more or less like, yeah, it's just for the skins. And you would think you could buy them separately and just apply it to your current switch, but apparently not. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm on their website and I'm seeing these skins. And one of them is a uh, Super Smash skin and another is a Pikachu and Eevee skin. Oh yeah, the let's go. I did one. see those. Yeah, I can I mean, can't you imagine like collectors like going for that deal to get that skin? I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to defend GameStop here. Maybe <laughs> no, no, it's fair. Okay, okay. Don't get me wrong. Like a company exists to make money, so I I do not fault GameStop in the slightest for this. I fault people who have too much money that they need to trade <laughs> in a switch for a new switch. <laughs> I yeah, I can understand. The collectors doing this, but also the like collecting and hoarding is a dangerous hobby to get into. Um, but I had a coworker who actually did this right when the Switch came out. He got it like right when it came out. I was like, "Oh, it's so cool!" Like, "Oh, you must be playing like Zelda and this and that." He's like, "Yeah, not really." And then the Mario Odyssey Switch, like the skin cover for that, came out. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna try and trade it in." I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like you're one of the few people that have a Switch right now, and you're already like ah, i'm tired of it i want the fancier new one that's just like a cosmetic change it's like god damn it like <laughs> i was so yeah, mad at him that's just like what we're conditioned with it's like the newest phone comes out we all need it so i can i can see that happening with consoles and stuff I had a phone um, for like, like seven years oh man i want a ps4 pro but i don't have a 4k tv so what's the point so i'm not exactly. gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> but there is um there is a hardware update coming to switches but only in uh 2019 so, oh. which sucks is because I want to get a Switch in like December, right before 2019. But now I'm wondering if I should just hold off and wait for whatever that update is. Yeah, you might want to, especially if it's hardware. It's not like you can download that. <laughs> yeah. Depends on, uh, it's on its way on the second half of 2019. Nope, fuck that. I'm getting it December. Yeah, I would, yeah, can't <laughs> wait that long. Yeah. Um, but it's okay because next December you could probably trade it in at GameStop. There you go. Yeah, yeah for Switch. 200 bucks. All right, well, that'll do it for the game talk let's play game or no game And for anyone who's unfamiliar, uh, for me specifically, this game is where I pitch out to all of you guys 
uh, the, the title of a video game or potentially a video game and you tell me if it exists or does not. So yes or no answers. We'll see how you guys do. But let's start off this round with, do you think there's a game called Taekwondo Grand Prix? Pre. Pricks? I don't know. I think it's pre. Is this it a is Taekwondo pre. racing game? <laughs> I'm going to go no. I'm going to say game. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I'll say game too. It sounds, yeah. It is indeed a game, and you what? can pick it up on Steam. I know, it's not a racing game. It is literally just a fighting game where you're sparring as Taekwondo uh, people. It's really cool. I took Taekwondo at one point in my life, and I really did enjoy it. Sparring is fun, but also depends on your opponent. You could get the shit kicked out of you. But the graphics <laughs> look really fun, like interesting, uh, good graphics. I would recommend it if you're someone who's into sparring. Oh, God. I remember I took Tang Sudo, and I always got paired up with the teacher. But when I was like 14, he was smaller than me, so he had the Napoleon Complex and did not hold back. It was a dick. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, do you think there's a game called Tasty Planet Forever? God, I hope so. <laughs> it's just Martha I'm Stewart's gonna, kitchen. I'm going to say game just because I really want this to exist, and then after you tell me it's a game, I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> Tasty Planet Forever? Yes. I'm going to say no. Uh, I'm going to say game. Is indeed a game. Bigger, better, tastier, and it is adorable as fuck. I mean, you got to check this one out. Also on Steam, it just looks like you could be any variety of animal just traveling around a world eating quite literally everything and getting bigger. So it's just cute, fun style game. I saw a cat, an octopus, a fox. So there's all sorts of different animals. I'm not sure if you get to choose from them or if those are levels you unlock as you progress through the game, but just goofy sounding and looking game. Tasty this Planet is, Forever. This is not worth $10. <laughs> it doesn't look like a broken or like real bad game, but this is definitely not $10 worth. Well, there's plenty of these games that are overpriced that if they are legit games in this list, they might be overpriced. But how about a game called The Last Disco? I'm going to say no game. I'm also going to say no game because I've been wrong the last two times. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go for no game on this one. Oh, you guys all saw through that. It is a no game. I thought maybe that could be the, the ground work of a new game but it's it, not it sounds cool yeah the last disco <laughs> it could be a bloody mess um, it's a zombie shooter yeah the hold up in a disco Ooh. How- <laughs> oh no how about a game called running naked simulator 2019 God yeah damn, i believe every simulator yeah. yeah there's so many there's just yeah, so many i'll take it yeah, I'm going to say, say yes. no, because it's still 2018. <laughs> oh, Good guess. It is a game, and <gasps> it looks almost in the same line as uh, Shower With Your Dad Simulator. Very pixelated, Just, but this is more or less an infinite runner where, yeah, your character's naked running through all these pixelated people. I don't really know if there's a point other than it just being a funny name. And yeah, 2019, I'm not sure why. It's like almost like Madden. They do the year that's not out yet. Updated ahead of time. Exactly. Yeah, all the stats you need to run naked. Yeah, and it says... <laughs> oh, Jesus, here, I'll read the description for this, although I probably shouldn't. Rock out with your 8-bit block out in running naked simulator 2019. <laughs> all right, Master- they sold me. <laughs> 
Master the gentle art of running naked for everyone to see and streak through public parks in iconic characters. Uh, it's totally inappropriate. So yeah, that's a thing. Um, see, this is a dollar. That makes sense. Yeah. That's an appropriately priced game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How about a game called Humdrum Experiences? No. I don't even know what that would be. No. Yeah, I'm going to also say no. I'll say no. I fooled you all on this one. It is a game. And no, the strange thing, this is the weirdest game I've quite literally ever looked up. And I encourage our listeners to, one of the main characters is a pillow with a face on it. And here, I'll read the description of this. Take on the role of a person hovering between life and death, journey through a vibrant world while collecting masks, which help you along in your adventure. And I honestly, I was reading some reviews of it, and people were like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever played. Uh, It seemed like it got decent reviews. It's an RPG adventure. I don't know what to say about it other than the 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 pillow. Humdrum Experiences. And this pillow's face, I feel like, is just going to haunt me. It's very bizarre. It's like an anime style, but then this giant pillow as a main character. So it's very bizarre. Um, But that is a game, so I fooled you guys on that one. I only got a couple more for you guys. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) This is not good. Yeah, that might be the episode image for today. Oh, no. In conjunction with People Are Horrible. Uh, Do you think there's a (laughs) game called Trailer Park Volleyball? Yes. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, God, it's like the beautiful Squidward on a body pillow. This is not good. <laughs> this is not okay. Um, uh, Whatever it was, I'm going to say no. You're actually I forget right. what I said. You said yes. Uh, that's the thing. Trailer Park Volleyball is not a game, but I feel like that could have been one. It really could, especially knowing the track record here. Um, uh, it'd be Wii Shovelware. Pretty much. <laughs> And let's see, maybe two more. Do you think there's a game called Rainbow Cult? Uh, no. Oh, boy. I mean, no. I'm sure there's an actual cult named Rainbow Cult. I don't know if it's a game, though. I'm going to say yes, just to be different. So unfortunately, it's a yes. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to promote this game at all. It seems kind of bullshit. But this is another instance where this game costs twenty dollars. It's on sale for a dollar off, so it's nineteen right now. And this does not look worth anywhere close to nineteen dollars of anyone's money. The reviews weren't great. It just. It's like almost like a weird Minecraft. I. I the the story's bullshit. I don't recommend Rainbow <laughs> Cult. So don't even bother looking oh, it up. Man. But, it's way overpriced. This is fucking hot garbage. Yeah, it's it's quite literally probably the worst. Do you think there's a game called Skeletal Dance Party in the season of Halloween? God, I hope so. I think so. I'm going to say no, but I, there should be. It's a game. Looks cute ah. as fuck. Definitely a thing. All right, and then one more. Uh, do you guys think there's a game called Mitch the Barbarian? <laughs> Mitch? The Barbarian. Huh. No. Yeah. I'll say yeah. 
It's a no. Oh, man. It's funny. It's actually more or less a Doughboys reference for anyone who likes the podcast Doughboys. Uh, one of the co-hosts, Mitch, uh, they said recently on an episode there was a Far Side comic where uh, I'll, I'll just include it in the show notes. It's kind of funny. But no, that's not a game, but that was my inspiration there. And hopefully we could get Mike Mitchell on the podcast one of these days. We did have Nick Weiger. They're a great crowd. But that's how we play Game or No Game. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap this episode up. Maybe do some news and then plugs where everyone can find our stuff. Uh, is there any news topic that you guys want to point out? I'm not quite sure myself. The skeletal, skeletal dance party actually doesn't look terrible. Like I, yeah. I'd say, was it nine bucks? It's 10% off at nine bucks. That's probably a fair price. Yeah, I think it looked pretty cute. If you like the voxel style, which is like 3D pixels. Um, let's see, uh, news topics. Uh, with Red Day coming out, there I mean, this story was from like a few weeks back, but I haven't gotten to it. Uh, but it, they were, Rockstar was talking about, you know, how much crunch time was being put into the game, like towards the last few weeks and months. And people seem to be unanimously, uh, which is good, coming out against crunch time, which is pretty standard in almost every video game ever made, almost every entertain any media ever made. Uh, but particularly in video games and AAA video games, um, where it's just one of the writers tweeted out that him and the other three writers, I believe, were working 100 hours a week, like finishing up the story and stuff. And people were going against it saying, like, that's fucking insane. Like, you shouldn't be working that hard. Like, this is crazy. Um, and they tried backpedaling saying, like, oh, no, no, it's just us four writers and we did it by our own choosing. Everyone else doesn't have to work this much. Like... But it's it's also not unheard of for a studio to demand that much work from their teams, like towards the end of a game cycle. So it's good to see that everyone's kind of agreeing, like this is an insane work ethic. And even uh, uh, CD Projekt Red, who did Witcher, were notorious for doing crunch and like really driving their team hard, like towards the launch. So it's very unhealthy, and it's good to see people are trying to turn away from that. Uh, work style definitely um Uh, this one stood out to me i I don't think we even talked about it when it was a thing but there's like an hd nintendo called the super nt that was that came out a while a while ago and the creators of the super nt decided to make one for sega a sega console it's basically called the mega mega sg and it's it pretty much is a modern Sega Genesis Mega Drive. It's almost as if when we were complaining about the PlayStation Mini or whatever the fuck they're doing with like the preloaded games, instead of doing that, make a modern PlayStation that has like an HDMI port and would just work with your old games. That's what this is. It's a Sega Genesis, but you can plug in all your old stuff, but it does have an HDMI port. It seems like a really cool model to kind of 
allow people to play their retro games on their modern TVs without it being such a hassle with RF modulators and all that kind of bullshit. So mm-hmm. I don't know. The the only downside is the the price tag, which honestly makes sense. I, I'm fairly sure it was like $190 to pre-orders. Oof. So that's pretty steep for getting old technology, but it is fused with the newer stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's other features that I'm unaware of that make it worthwhile, but I it's something to keep your eye on if you're a retro head, like I know yeah. some of our listeners are. Big Sega fan. The only reason companies aren't in doing the uh, cable where you can update the games and download new games and have the entire libra- library of that console uh, available is to make money. If they sell games with limited, or consoles with limited games on it, you'll buy one or more consoles to get those specific games. So if you want, like, Ghosts and Goblins, if you want Sonic, if you want, you know, The Lion King, which fucking no one wants that game because it's impossible. <laughs> uh, but if you want, like, Comic Zone, if they divvy those up between different versions of the consoles, it'll force people to buy those. Like, there is absolutely no other reason. There's no reason to not let people have the entire collection, especially with the, how far our technology has advanced and how small you can make it. Like, I remember PSP, if you go hack those... You can get pretty much every game imaginable before the N64 on your PSP. Yeah. Because it was so little data um, and storage. So, like, the only reason they're limiting what games are on a console or these mini consoles is solely to sell you on it when they do a different version of it. There's, I do not see any other foreseeable reason to do that. Yeah, well, this is nice in the sense that if you have old Genesis cartridges laying around, you just pop it into the new one, and it actually works, unlike a PlayStation Mini, which you can't even open and put pop a disc in. So, I don't know. I I definitely support this project more than the Mini uh, preloaded shit. That's ridiculous. Although, if you're, I don't know, some like Mark, I guess you'd be an advocate for like Raspberry Pi with all the emulators and ROMs to, to your heart's content, but... The this Mega SG does come in like four different colors, and they all look pretty sleek and modern. So I don't know, something to keep your eye on. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, Kurt, the Cowardly Dog Creator said he might be working on a prequel for with a uh, boomerang. So if you're a, a fan prequel? of Kurt, yeah, if you're a fan of Kurt, the Cowardly Dog, there's apparently more in the works. Which Kurt, the Cowardly Pup. I was not expecting that to happen within my lifetime. What else? Oh, Return of the Obra Dinn. That's a new game that just came out. It's really cool. It's basically uh, NCIS or Law and Order Pirates. It's from the same guy. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, something Pope. Ah, fuck. Same guy that did Papers, Please. Okay. So it's a really good game, and he's been working on this for a few years now. And it's essentially you go on a pirate ship, you got a little pocket watch that can rewind time, and you have to figure out how everyone on the pirate ship died and by like going back in time and seeing like a freeze frame like world where you can walk around and examine the bodies and see the blood splatter and see what killed them. See, you have to figure out how they died, like who killed them or what killed them, um, and like the exact name of the person because you go on not knowing anybody. So it's it's a real interesting sort of murder mystery game, and it's very cool and it's got a lot of the retro style to it. Yeah. You can change the game to look like a Commodore 64 or an old Macintosh computer or like all those old retro systems. So if you like, uh, you know, a little brain teaser, murder mystery, puzzle games, and you're a fan of the retro style, definitely look into Return of the Obra Din. Yeah, that's really interesting and unique. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I got it on my wish list. So uh, someday I'll get to it. 
<laughs> right. Not anytime soon. But <laughs> uh, oh, and actually, they just announced uh, pretty recently uh, near or um, near two uh, B from Near Automata is going to be in Soul Calibur Six. Oh shit! I was yeah. I remember people were speculating what the other characters would be. That's exciting. Yeah, I believe there's one more character still to be announced. Uh, but yeah, so far it's uh, Geralt from Witcher and Two uh, B, which both make perfect sense for that game and look really interesting. Especially with that game seems to just be a cust uh, character creator. Like that seems to be what everyone's buying it for because you can make so many insane characters with it. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see Two uh, B in that. And Near Automata is also a very good game, so I'd recommend very cool. both. All right. Well, then I think that'll do it for this episode. Let's wrap up and do some plugs. Uh, first, let's start with Fermin. Where can our listeners find you or uh, your website, uh, your book? Where can they pre-order or order the book? Well, um, you can find the book at uh, at my website. It's uh, nomidia.net. That's spelled N-O-M-I-D-I-A. And, um, but, you know... Uh, the book is really cool. The book is fantastic, but people should check out my Instagram because that's where I post a lot of my artwork and it offers like links to, you know, where you'd find my book anyway, but also I have a lot of stories and, uh, you know, I, uh, I put a lot of them out just for, just for anybody that wants to read them and, and Oni's, you know, the one that I have in book form, people can buy it and, and you should, it's great, but you should also read the rest of my stuff. So if you find me on my Instagram, or uh, or on my website, you'll get a chance to check out a lot of my art. And my Instagram is um, FMYA, and my website's nomidia.net. Very cool. How about you, Kenny? Uh, where can our listeners find you? Where can they listen to Dumbbells and Dragons, even though if it's on hiatus? Well, I got a lot of good uh, back episodes, so our backlog is really pretty fun, and that's at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Uh, you can actually get a hold of me, take a look at my uh, one of my new websites, letskeepmovingforward.com. And then, yeah, that's pretty much how you can get uh, in touch with me. Other than that, just everyone, uh, go vote November 6th, the midterms. Uh, yeah, go do that. Absolutely. Already voted. Oh, Good nice. Good man. And, Bren, how about you? They actually sent me my sample ballot in the mail after my actual ballot. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool, this is useless now. Thank you. Um, for me, uh, ABTS Brennan on Twitter, I really don't do much on it, so don't worry about it. Instead, though, I'd recommend my other podcast, uh, Are We There Yet? It's where we watch a bunch of anime and try and convince my friend to become a filthy weeb like me and my other friends. Yeah, it's a great show. I definitely recommend it. It's been fun so far. Um, and listener, if you like our show, uh, give us a like, follow, subscribe, all that stuff. Tell a friend, tell a fr- family member. Um, Telephone. yeah, damn it. Not that again. I'll do it uh, every time. It's a good joke. Uh, and I'm trying to think <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you want to check out my record label, that's at missed out records on social media and just at missed out records dot com uh so you can go check that stuff out thanks so much for joining us for me and for the first time hopefully we can have you back to talk more spider-man and thanks for returning kenny that was always good to hear from you as well oh i love being here anytime yeah lots of fun sure thing awesome all right well then we will be back next week see you guys next time see you peace out